you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good morning, football is right. Victor Cruz, are you ready for Thursday Night Football? More than ready. It's only on NFL Network. We are one sleep away. Primetime showdown in the Lone Star State. Christian McCaffrey ready to lead the Panthers to the next level. But those Texans looking to show out in front of the H-Town faithful. It's Panthers, it's Texans. It's week three. You're going to look at the best total defense, the best scoring defense, and maybe the most electric running back in the game. It's all happening on TNF tomorrow at 8, only on NFL Network. And welcome to Good Morning Football. We're presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Live in New York, you know the drill. Wednesday, September 22nd. That means Witch Guy Wednesday. That means Whiteboard Wednesday. The long show. Story time with Victor Cruz. I have a story. I can't Apparently. <laughs> don't want to know anything about it. Until then, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt are all here. And we've got to talk about the lead. Block. Lead block. Lead block. You guys can tweet the show. You fuel it at GMFB. The Packers got their first win of the season Monday night. Solid handling of the Lions, especially in the second half as the defense shut them out. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, maybe the trolls will be off their back for a little while. But as always, there's another game right around the corner. It's Sunday night. Packers heading to San Francisco. They're taking on the undefeated 49ers. Are the Pack actually back? Are the Niners true contenders? We'll find out in primetime. In week three, we cannot wait for this one. What will ultimately decide who wins? What we all know is a heavyweight mm. week three matchup between the Packers and the Niners, Kyle. It's really fun that after a whole week of Rodgers having to hear that the Packers suck and he's not committed, now he has to. Remember those couple times you got your heads kicked in by the Niners? That was fun. Remember they were your childhood team that didn't draft you? We can get into that, too. It's just uh, right into another nationally televised game. And my concern with the Packers in this game is my concern with the Packers for, I don't know, 15 years, that they have a beach body. They got biceps and triceps and beautiful blonde hair and no core. They're soft in the middle. You know who's going to decide this game? Do you know these people? You should. You might learn about them Sunday. That's the Packers' front seven. One sack this season. That's the fewest out of 32 teams. Now, Zadarius Smith, not there. But listen, Rodgers and Devontae and Tanya with Aaron Jones, they're going to be great. 
How's Chris Barnes going to be? How's Kingsley Kiki? How's Kenny Clark? Kenny Clark is a very good nose tackle. Kenny Clark was out there for the Mostert game and some of those other butt whippings mm-hmm. that they have taken. It's always about, are the Packers tough enough on defense? And there's no worse team to play in the league than the Niners. They're going to go at you. Did you see Kittle last week? He's back to kittling. He's <laughs> laughing in guys' faces as he pancakes them. Um, I know Rodgers is going to be fine. I know all those guys on offense are going to be fine. Does anybody in the front seven, not even getting into the young secondary, including the rookie corner, does anybody in the front seven want to stop somebody, want to get off a block, want to make a sack, want to get pissed, want to hit somebody? I've seen them never do that before, go 0 for 4 quarters. The front seven, which I do not think many people in America can identify, will determine this one Sunday night. That's how it goes. Yeah, I agree. I think for uh, for Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be how clean can they keep him? Obviously, okay. in week one, he was all over the place, not making any plays. They were in his face, sacks. TFL, all sorts of things. The second week he came back in that second half particularly and played well and did what he had to do to get that win. Now, we're going to find out about their toughness very, very quickly. I mean, San Francisco, they're a very, very good team. Uh, They do a lot of great things defensively, good schemes. They're going to be ready and prepared for Aaron Rodgers. Can they keep him clean? Can they keep him upright so that he can be the Aaron Rodgers that we know and love? But I think the biggest thing, Kyle, you hit it right on the head, is how tough is this team? I don't know. We've seen them be great, throw the ball downfield, look great, all the bells and whistles, but when their backs are against the wall, when they're, you know, when they're when things aren't going their way, what does this team do? How do they respond? And I think we'll find out on on, uh, on Sunday. Mm. I remember a playoff game in San Francisco that you played in, and it was probably the hardest hitting game I'd ever seen. Maybe Eli's uh, real come to the moment. Of, hey, I am that guy. The Niners, they might have the same players. It might not be Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, but they still hit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I would say it, and Peter, I've told you this numerous times, that game was the most physically grueling game I've ever played mm-hmm. in, and the Super Bowl was the most mentally grueling mm-hmm. game I've ever played in. Mm-hmm. So going into San Fran, they still have that template of, of guys that come downhill, they hit you in the mouth, they're ready to play football. It's going to tell a lot about your team going into San Francisco this weekend, for sure. I'm so curious what they do on offense in Green Bay Green because Bay. I feel like, all right, so week one was like the wake-up call. I'm, I, I wrote this out. Week two was the warm-up, so you had the wake-up and the okay. warm-up. Is week three the glow-up? Pretty good warm-up. Where, like, we <laughs> see, <laughs> where we see, like, this is what we... Wake-up call, warm-up, glow-up. Glow that's, that's your plan? All right, Niners, you beat us every time, and, yeah. you know, you, you dominate us, all this thing. What if Rodgers goes in there and just lights them up? Okay. And he can. Have you guys seen what the Niners are walking into on their defensive uh, backfield right now? They're injury-riddled. You never believe. Last week was crazy. They had Josh Norman as their number one corner, who they picked up five days ago. What is that secondary? This is their secondary right now. This is the corners. And I'm sorry. I know they're great up front. And Eric Armstead, and I know Bosa, and I know these guys, and Nick Warner's going to hit you. But if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams want to have a day and a glow-up moment and tell everyone in the rest of the world, like, don't worry about us, this is it. Rodgers and Adams connected and had big numbers on Monday night. But that's against the Lions at home. Sure. Go into San Fran with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth on the call and do what you guys were born to do. I think they can. Now, the Niners could easily go to a cover two, and they could say, we're taking that away. Well, if that's the case... Aaron Jones in the death. Okay. Just like he did against the Lions. Go short, go Tunyon, go Jones, and just keep on chipping away. Take what they give you. I think Nathaniel Hackett's a really good offensive coordinator. I think Rodgers still is one of the best quarterbacks in our game. 
on this national showcase, give us the glow up game. Go light up this beleaguered Niners <laughs> defensive backfield. It sounds like you're as confident in the Packers' offense as you are unconfident in their defense from yesterday. It's your one concern yeah. about them, so they're really going to have to bring score. it. The glow up. The glow up. I'm into it. I'll talk about the Niners. You guys are talking mostly Packers. There's some deficiencies uh, on the Niners' side. They will not win this game if they can't get the run game going. It's historically how they have blown out this Packers team mm. or uh, taken them to town in recent years, including that NFC Championship game where they ran for 285 yards on the back of uh, Raheem Mostert, who is out in this one. Let's talk about those names that are gone, guys. Journeyman, Elijah Mitchell, everyone's like, scoop him up on waivers. He's now dealing with an injury. Jeff uh, Wilson on pub to Michael Hasty. I liked him for a quick minute yesterday, saw some, or last year saw some things. He is now out with an ankle. Trey Sermon has a concussion. The only healthy backs are Journeyman, Trenton Cannon, and Jaquez Patrick, who was signed off the Bengals practice squad this transaction hit the wire. Okay, what you're telling me yesterday. is I need to warm up and play running back. A little, is that what you're do saying? Do you feel like you can? Back's a little tight this morning, I'm not going to lie. Your boy over at Performix uh, on 14, have you ready to do <laughs> warm this? Warm it up. Uh, if these two can't get going, here's here's the solution in my head, and Triggs, you tell me if, you're, if I'm wrong or if this is possible. You brought up Trey Lance. Trey Lance being a part of the game plan. Is this an opportunity then with that running back situation backfield? Put in Trey Lance. Do we see him a little bit more under the bright lights of prime time to add a spark to this offense? Absolutely. I think this is an opportunity where they can unveil the entire playbook and they might have to, to your point. I mean, Trenton Cannon was with the Jets on the practice squad. Like, these are not... This will be the ultimate test, okay, also of, like, the Shanahan offense versus uh, Jimmy's and Joe's or X's and O's. Because because, a lot of people would say you could put anyone in that offense. That's what I say. Who's Raheem Mostert? Was he Bo Jackson? That's fair. An undrafted guy. We'll see. Trenton Cannon can go for 120 on this package. I believe he can. I believe anybody can do that in the Niners offense. That's like, that's the power they have. I think we see a lot of Trey Lance, though, what his legs bring to the table, also what he does. It's intriguing, especially on Sunday night. I would love that. Me too. But we're all kind of expecting this, and maybe Shanahan zags. I don't know. Probably. No one knows. The Packers, well, he's going to have Victor Cruz out there, right? Maybe he will. I'm warmed up. Um, I'd, I'd like to see Trey Lance in, in a green zone situation. Kind of don't put too much pressure on him. Kind of go in with a shrunken field. Mm. See what he can do. Use his legs. Like use in week his one. arm. Play action pass and see what he can do. And p- kind of provide a little bit of a... A change of gears. Switch the gears up a little bit for the, against that defense. Mm. Love it. At GMFB with your tweets, what your thoughts are. Let's bring in Ian Rappaport, our insider this morning. Ian, we've got a big one to kick off week three on Thursday between the Panthers and the Texans right here on NFL Network. What is the latest with Tyrod Taylor? And Tyrod Taylor yesterday afternoon was officially placed on injured reserve, and that means he is out the next three games at least. This hamstring injury, which we talked about earlier in the week, was significant, and it didn't really look like much. Tyrod Taylor kind of tweaked it a little bit, running into the end zone. Actually tried to come back, just just simply could not go. And, you know, they tried to do some exams. It was very, very, very swollen. That usually is not a good sign. So now Tyrod Taylor is out for at least three games. And, you know, he was playing really well. No interceptions, more than a 120 passer rating, completing 70% of his passes. Really everything you could ever, ever want from a quarterback not named Deshaun Watson uh, in Houston. Mm. So now, guys, it is going to be Davis Mills, the former Stanford quarterback, mm. former mid-round pick. Everybody lost their minds when Nick Casario made him his first ever pick as a Texans GM. Now, in the very, very bright lights of Thursday night, Mills is going to be starting for Houston. I mean, for a lot of things about this quarterback, I said I'd like to see him on the field, and he'll get that opportunity under the bright lights of Thursday Night Football. Ian, appreciate you. Schrager, do you have anything to add? Tell people what they need to know about Davis. Mitchell. Yeah, so this is a guy who's got ice in his veins. It's not going to be a moment too big for him. He's also got a cool story. He was the number one high school quarterback in the country in 2017, the number one recruit 
David Shaw from Stanford recruits him, and he goes to Stanford. These are the other guys that were in that class. He was far and away the one. Everyone wanted Davis Mills, but it was Tua, it was Mack, it was Kellen Mond, and it's current Notre Dame quarterback, Jack Cohn. Um, we got the high schools on there. We got the high schools so awesome. in there. Uh, Davis Mills tore two ACLs in college at Stanford, did not play a ton of games. Last year came back in that, in that weird COVID situation. No one really knows what they're going to get. The Texans scouted him. A lot of teams scouted him. They were like, this guy's got the right mindset, the right capability, and has the right potential if healthy. Now he's being thrown into the mix in week three. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to ask, especially with the Panthers' young defense. Mm-hmm. But I think Davis Mills might be the man mm. on Thursday, and maybe he can get a win. Welcome back. Let's talk some Cowboys. they got to win this weekend, and there is some intrigue about their backfields. Not Dak Prescott. It's a little bit about Elliott, and then a little bit about another guy who I think is a rising star, and we've talked about as a show a lot. Jerry Jones is talking about him now. He was asked this weekend about his backfield, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, and he says this is all a great thing in his appearance with 105.3 The Fan. Have a listen. You do what makes the first down, or you do what gets the most yards, or ultimately wins the game, and that's where it all all comes. Um, uh, the facts are that uh, uh, we're, we really have an outstanding situation here that uh, uh, Pollard gets up on them so fast and can uh, really surprise, uh, surprise the defense. He's stronger than he looks, but uh, he just has got so sudden and got such a burst. And then uh, Zeke, you don't even need to describe him. He's as he's as uh, powerful in terms of I'm going to overuse the word, but his burst. I mean to tell you, he punishes the hell out of those defenders, and that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a. Uh, both of those are going to be a real staple for us as we get into the season. Let's get to your beef presented by Old Trapper. And let's just pick up right there what Mr. Jones was talking about, because I think he's half right. There's a fascinating thing going on in the Cowboys' backfield right now. And I think it's a lot like uh, the Cowboys have this very fancy, expensive laptop that is Zeke Elliott, and they keep getting these notices, update, update, update. And you can, no, 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 stop. I don't want to update. That's Tony Pollard. And they're saying, I will help you run better. Trust me. Go with it. I'm the new thing. And they keep ignoring it. Um, right now, Ezekiel Elliott is playing more than Tony Pollard for three reasons. His contract, his fame, and his contract. <laughs> Among those reasons is not his game or his tape. But I do not want to beat up on Ezekiel Elliott. This is more about championing Tony Pollard. Put on a Cowboys game right now, guys. This weekend, put on a Cowboys game and watch for 10 minutes. You will find that the Cowboys offense, the Cowboys running game, is fresher, faster, and bolder when Tony Pollard is on the field for Ezekiel Elliott. And this is not a new thing. This is going on for a couple of years now, and nobody has wanted to say it. Now it's starting to be talked about. And if you don't trust those optics, if you don't trust my opinion, trust the numbers. Let's take a broader look back. The most explosive runs for the Cowboys since Tony Pollard was drafted. Here's all of them listed. This is the one that kills me. Tony Pollard, 44. Dak Prescott, 42. Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard. Zeke Elliott, 33. Sixth on the list. They're just not there. The fact is that Zeke's fame and his reputation, I think, are still living off the equity from many, many, many years ago. Came in, was a rookie superstar. He had it all going. He jumped in a kettle. He ate with a spoon. He had a cool name and cool hair and cool cropped up and all of that. 
Tony Pollard doesn't have any of that. You know what he can give you? He can't give you cool. He can give you second and four. And don't the Cowboys have enough cool? Haven't they had enough cool? Haven't they printed enough jerseys? Maybe print some banners by playing the best player at every position, independent of dollars and followers and jerseys sold. And I will end with this. Jerry Jones had his instincts on this. Back in 29, when Zeke was holding out, he didn't trust his instincts because in every joke, there is a kernel of truth. And I think this tape is scorching hot in the freezing cold take factor. Pollard, your best negotiator with Zeke? Who? Pollard. Zeke who? <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> He's got your camera. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. That's why he's beloved. But the question was, isn't Pollard your best leverage over Zeke? And then we laugh about it. He was your best leverage. They signed him an irresponsible contract, and here we are years later, and the second best running back is still starting. Guys, it's one who went fourth overall, one who went in the fourth round. Go with the guy who doesn't give you fourth down, and it's number 20. That's Be- my beef. Before you go, Peter, what is your beef with this? Like, those things are all – that might be true. And they sign him to a contract, now you can't do anything about that. What is your beef with the situation? The, the, the entire situation from start to finish. The Tony Pollard should be playing more. He should be playing earlier. More. He's the better running back. Oh, yeah. First first series, second series. Like, he's the starter Got by it. every metric except fame and contracts. We've had countless – countless times in the league mm-hmm. where there is a player taken in the first round and a player taken in the fourth round. Immediately, I think of Robert Griffin III as the second overall pick and mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins as a fourth round sure. pick. And Cousins was better. The owner wants to see Griffin out yeah. there yeah. because that's my second round pick, but Cousins was better every day and eventually the coach won out. I don't think the money matters anymore. Mm-hmm. It's already been spent. It's already gone. I think to them, it's what gives us the best opportunity. And Kyle, not to bring down the tone or not to put cold do, water on it. They had 198 yards rushing on, on Sunday against a good Chargers front. They made, you know, Joey Bosa did nothing. Uh, Tillery did nothing. They were running up mm-hmm. and down, up and down. It was almost like they were interchangeable. Is there a beef if it's working as a collective and Tony Pollard doesn't seem outraged by the fact he's not getting these carries? Well, Tony Pollard's not going to say squat. He's not that kind of guy. Zeke should absolutely be part of the offense. Of course. Zeke should be the change of pace back. Absolutely. Tony Pollard should be the first option, and I mean that. This whole, Vic, used to be known for the salsa dance, and we love him. We talk about it all the time. Zeke has been known for this eating thing. When's the last time he's done that, earnestly? That's been years. And again, I don't want to beat up on Zeke. He has assets. He brings things to the table. I'm just saying he's the second best, and Pollard should be the star. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, you know, it's tough for me to talk about two different backs because I played on a team with Brandon Jacobs and Amar Bradshaw. Mm. Sure. They made it work, right? We made it work. And they made it work for years. Now, they had to obviously put a ton of egos aside and they loved each other and they were here for the betterment of the football team. But I think it's tough to, like, you know, make Tony Pollard your starter because... You know, again, Ezekiel's getting paid a lot of money. And to your credit, all that money ain't spent just yet. Like, there's still some money that has to be divvied out over the next couple of years. Now, it'll be interesting to see. Again, it's only two weeks. Like, talk to me after Tony Pollard is there. Two months. What do those numbers look like then? Is it a substantial difference between the two? Yes, it is right now. But Tony just had a better game than Zeke did maybe week two. I think we have to look at it. Talk to me around week eight and see what those numbers look like, and then Mm -hmm. I can create a bigger picture Mm -hmm. as to what this looks like. But I think there's room for both of them. Do I think Ezekiel needs more? Ezekiel does more than Tony Pollard out of the backfield. Catching the football, they need to incorporate him more that way. Instead of just handing him the ball and people pinning their ears back and coming downhill to get him, I think they need to incorporate Ezekiel differently throughout the, mm. throughout the offense. To Kyle's point, it's been going on not just this, these first two weeks of the season, but to your point, you just had this incredible thing, and I'm like, 
And you say that to say what? That it's a good problem. I completely agree with Jerry Jones here. The money is spent. The contract is, is you know, let's say they made a mistake with Zeke. Okay, well, now it's pretty cool that you have a guy named Tony Pollard who can come in there and they can get the run game going. I throw the game against the Bucks out because it wasn't even in the game plan to use Zeke. And you look at him. Was he bad against – was Zeke bad against the Chargers? He, he just wasn't, wasn't as good as – He was Tony. not bad. 97 total yards, a touchdown on 18 touches. Would Tony Pollard, in your opinion, as a running back mm-hmm. – would he be as effective if he wasn't splitting? You know, that's, that would be my question. Would Tony Pollard be as effective as a runner and what he's doing and the production he's bringing to this offense if he didn't have Zeke there? No, and because to, I'm not saying Tony cool Pollard is a 30-carry guy. Okay. No, not at all. But this has gone on for two years. We showed a graphic that had the most explosive plays since 2019, so now we're in year three. This is what I want from Tony Pollard, and I'll finish with this. They play Monday, they play Monday night, right? Yes, Monday night against, uh, against Philadelphia. I want him on the, on the field for the big drives. I want him on the field for the game-winning drive and the first drive because he is better by every metric of running back, and it's not a new thing. The, 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 fa- the fascinating part of it is it's the Cowboys and his fame playing a factor. Yeah. There's a lot of 21 jerseys in the crowd. Now, they want him out there because of that. Because if that's the case, well, you're not winning squat this year. You don't think so? This past week didn't give you so much encouragement that, like, this backfield can work, that it's it's not a bad thing that Tony Pollard is good? No. it's You just I, want him to start ahead of him. I want him to get more carries it. and more meaningful drives. I want him to be the can, starter. Because he's I, better. Can I chime in with one last thing? It's just, like, football inside the weeds. Like, yeah. what do you got? Zeke's one of the best black blocking mm. running backs in the entire NFL. And See? you have him out there, and he can block in the passing game. He can block in the running game. Got a point. But, yeah, Tony Pollard does have some spark to him. <laughs> Pollard can block too. Who do you want out there on third down? Third and third and games on the line, third down drive, or maybe before Oof. the half, third down and short five. Who do you want out there? Tony Look, if there? Zeke is a better pass blocker, put him out there. Okay. It's, it's not about third. It's not first and ten for me. Like that's the down for Tony Pollard. The Zeke thing, it's not. It's, it's a few years ago now. I, I don't want to beat up on the guy. It's just not there, guys. Yeah. And again, it's not about Zeke. It's about how much you like Tony. Love you Pollard. You've been saying that not just this season. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, way back from here. <laughs> All right. Knew? What's your beef, people? At GMB, uh, you guys can hit us up on Twitter. Throughout the show, we'll put your tweets on the air. We've got some Which Guy Wednesday. Tweet me two guys that you want to pick between. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Week two officially yes, over. It's time Fatigo. to figure out who's going in your fantasy lineups. Cayense, Will, geez, Louise. Okay, it's week three. I'm here to answer all of your questions. Your preguntas, it's called. Which guy Wednesday? I'm crushing it. It's going to be a full Spanglish show. I love this. Spanglish underrated that. Adam Sandler movie. Peter, what do you got? Tia Leone, great work. Um, it's honestly my favorite movie. I love Tia Leone. She's got the purple hair in it. Um, Vivid GB writes, Kay. Who do I start? Josh Allen oh boy. or Jalen Hurts? Josh is a great quarterback, but Hurts has outscored him both weeks in fantasy football. All right, we can't already be benching Josh Allen, can we? Shriggs, I want your opinion on the other side of this. I'm just going to lay out the facts here, right? You go to NFL.com, you look at where the quarterbacks are ranked. Jalen Hurts is ranked top five, and Josh Allen is ranked eighth going into this week up against Washington. Washington is scary. I get it. Are they that scary? No. We saw Daniel Jones run up and down the field. You think Josh Allen can't use his legs against him? He absolutely can. Justin Herbert threw on that. So I feel like I know he's been off to a lackluster start this season. Josh Allen, from a fantasy perspective, from an efficiency perspective, an accuracy perspective, sure, the fantasy points haven't been there. I like Hurts, don't get me wrong. In a daily, I'd probably go in Hurts' direction. But you cannot bench Josh Allen against Washington Trips. I agree. I think you drafted Josh Allen as either the first or second quarterback off the board. Ride with the guy that got you there. Don't pull the plug yet. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to light up that Dallas defense. Micah Parsons looked pretty good against the yeah. Chargers. Yeah, he'll week. be good, but you can't. Like, if it were me, and it's I have these two quarterbacks, which is a very real thing a lot of people have, I cannot see myself taking Josh Allen out and putting Jalen Hurts in, even if he has the high rushing floor. Agreed. If you lose and you because you bench Jalen Hurts, fine, you lost. If you lose because you bench Josh Allen, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, next, Blaine, not an idiot, smart because he knows when to ask for help. And he yeah. Wants to know, Should I go with Brandon Cooks or? Michael Pittman Jr. versus the Titans this weekend. That's what Blaine Halankak wants to know. <laughs> okay, uh, Pittman burned me week one. Brandon Cooks, we haven't talked about him. Good. What Sneaky a start. good. Excuse me, he's the 11th best wide receiver in fantasy scoring. Let's take a look at where they're going. Cooks is playing with a backup quarterback. We know Tyrod Taylor's out. Short week. Pittman might be playing with one as well, right? Runs his status is in the air. Um, I don't know if I trust Davis Mills up against this tough Panthers defense. That's kind of what it comes down to. To me, I'm going to third go. option. K. There is either a, those quarterbacks. The asteroid that hit the super the uh, Caesar's pal- Caesar's dome up yeah. there in, in New Orleans. Pittman coming off an eight catch, 123 yard performance against. I mean, here's Pittman did it against the Rams, right? Such a tough defense. Still did it. Um, the Titans have allowed more yards and touchdowns to receivers than any team in the league. It comes down to matchup for me. I'm going to go Pittman over Brandon Cooks, who has been on fire. We love that. Lastly, Kay, we have one more tweet from Carlton asking, who should I go with, Rondo Moore or Sterling Shepard? Now, I know who I would pick here. Okay. Who would you pick, Kay? This is the hardest one, so you're going to help me. Give me your case for Sterling Shepard numbers. Wise. Well, my okay, case. So Sterling has the Falcons. Okay, Sterling has the Falcons. I love Sterling in this one, um, mainly because the Falcons are giving up. I mean, they're last in almost every category, especially mm-hmm. defensively. So if we're going to put it to a receiver that's going to have the most upside, Daniel Jones looks at him. I think he had eight or nine targets last game. Mm-hmm. He's looking for Sterling Shepard. He's his, you know, go to veteran receiver. Um, I think that's. Who I would go with that. So least. Sterling has the Falcons. Rondell Moore, his matchup is just as good as the Jaguars. It Sterling Shepard having a monster year, guys. He leads the league and catches and averaging over 100 yards a game. This is the big floor, the safe option. I look at you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is what it is. Do I take the? I know I'm going to get some points out of Shepard. 
I might, I might not. Or I have Kyler Murray throwing the ball to Rondell Moore. A lot of options, but he could have one play that can just take away everything Sterling Shepard does in this game. I think you don't even blink and you start Rondell Moore as a piece of Kyler. <laughs> I, it's Because it, it's fascinating with the Sterling Shepard thing, too. Like, this Galladay situation in New York is kind of weird. I think he really wants the ball. I think Daniels wants to get him the ball. And if I'm a fantasy owner who starts Sterling Shepard, I don't like that. I'm going to go Rondell. You could win the matchup if you play Rondell Moore on one play. So, great morning here on Good Morning Football. Why? We have Thursday Night Football just one day away right here on NFL Network at Primetime Showdown in the Lone Star State. Christian McCaffrey ready to lead the Panthers to the next level while the Texans are looking to show out in front of the H-Town faithful. It's Panthers-Texans. Quite a clash. Week 3 starts here Thursday Night Football tomorrow at 8 Eastern only on NFL Network. A very happy good morning to you from GMFB, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're live, Peter Schrager, myself, Kay Adams, Kyle Brandt, and Victor Cruz, who's got story time coming up. And Kay show. made me dance earlier, and I don't even know uh, how, you that did well. mm-hmm. how that happened. You still got it. Still got it. Feels yeah. good. I can't mm-hmm. believe we didn't tell you that you were going to do that, and you did that so effortlessly. Luckily, it's like riding a bike. It's like Victor, you're a ham or something. That first year after you did it, how often were you brought on TV shows to just dance? Um, I'm st- Clearly, it's still happening. <laughs> <laughs> still happening currently. Mm-hmm. But all the time, whether it's TV shows, grocery stores, the local park in Patterson, it doesn't matter. What does that mean, grocery stores? Like you're buying your Wheaties and people are like, dance, sir? Yes, correct. I'm oh. in the produce section, just picking out some good produce. And good people produce. are like, Victor? Let's see the dance. That's it. Nice. <laughs> we got Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt. Let's do it. Time for the lead block. Lead block. And we go to Ian. Straight to him to talk about some quarterbacks. Unfortunately, it's part of the game. Unfortunately, it's part of the game early in the season. So many QBs dealing with injuries right now. Let's get the rundown, and let's start with the Raiders and their quarterback, Derek Carr. So Derek Carr had an ankle injury, and you saw him really in serious pain last Sunday on the sideline. Wasn't sure if he was going to return, but of course he ended up toughing it out and getting back out there. That was the last we thought of it. And then John Gruden announced on Monday that he actually had an MRI just to check the ankle. My understanding is it's a little tender. Workload's not going to be as much this week as last week, but he is expected to play, so good news there for Derek Carr. Another quarterback situation we are monitoring, Tua Tagovailoa, who left on a cart, actually, with bruised ribs in some serious pain. They did an MRI to see if there was cartilage damage. There was none. That's a very good sign. But whether or not he starts or whether Jacoby Brissett starts is really going to be determined by how much pain he's in and how functional he can be with those ribs. More information later in the week. Another quarterback situation we are checking on. Carson Wentz, who sprained not just one ankle, but two ankles, which are all the ankles he has. No more ankles to sprain because he has sprained both of them. One high ankle, one regular ankle sprain. He's going to test it today just to really see whether or not he can practice. No word yet on his status for Sunday. Jacob Eason, the back of there in Indianapolis. The Chicago Bears have a quarterback situation of their own. Everyone's been wondering, when is Justin Fields going to play? We played a lot Sunday because Andy Dalton suffered a bone bruise. This was the diagnosis after the MRI. Dalton's considered week to week and hasn't exactly been ruled out but Fields seems in line to start this Sunday. And finally, for the Thursday night game, Tyrod Taylor was officially placed on injured reserve yesterday. He's got a hamstring injury. He's week to week. He's out at least three games just because he was placed on IR, which means Davis Mills, the rookie from Stanford, is getting this start under the big lights on Thursday. Ian, thank you. We'll talk to you in a bit. Let's talk a little bit about week three. We saw a little bit of history Sunday night. With Patrick Mahomes, not great history for him. First loss, his first interception in the month of September. Not all about Mahomes, though. Here's what his coach, Andy Reid, said about the squad after that loss to the Ravens. I've got to make sure that our team is playing better than what it is right now. And and we'll get there. We've got the right 
chemistry in the locker room. We've got good players. we got to make sure that we step up our game. <clears throat> We've got a good Charger team coming in here. Um, is is explosive uh, really on both sides of the ball. So we got to make sure that we take care of business. Coach Reed, making sure everyone knows they need to step it up. This is a team, though, that's been to the AFC Championship the last three seasons. They want to go to their third Super Bowl in a row. Well, here's what I like to do sometimes. Just even different times in the season, just take the temperature at the table and where we are with certain squads. Mm-hmm. Is it the Chiefs and everybody else? Is it fair to doubt that the Chiefs can go the distance in 2021? Where are you out with Kansas City? I mean, it's fair to doubt that they can go the distance. I don't think I got them winning in, in you know, the Super Bowl outright just right now after two weeks of football. But I do think that there's some concern. They, I think they're at times um, they can get a little too, I don't want to say arrogant or pompous. No, I'm saying I think that's what it feels like. Or I think they feel like they can overcome any setback. And there's always a matter of time before those setbacks start to bring you back. You have to play cleaner football because you're not going to overcome everything. And I think this past mm-hmm. week was indicative. It's mm-hmm. a great take, Victor. And, and imagine the pressure it puts on the offense knowing that, oh, my God, we fumbled it. There's probably no way we're getting the ball back because our defense cannot stop anything. Right. Exactly. And that's what I point to. And it feels like I'm going back in the time machine to a different era of talking about the Chiefs because I thought once they hired Steve Spagnuolo a couple of years ago, they tightened things up. Their run defense got better. It's been atrocious, and last week was unacceptable. The Ravens ran for 251 yards on them. You're not going to win many football games when you give up 251 yards on the ground, and they did so at will. Back in the day, the Chiefs, not back in the day, a couple years ago, they had a guy, Derek Johnson, who no matter what, Derek Johnson would smell it out and would would be able to tackle you. He would be able to get it. He would clean it up. They've drafted a player, Nick Bolton out of Missouri. They're very high on him. I'm not sure he's there yet. Willie Gay is a guy that they love. He's not on the field. He's injured. I think it is fair to doubt the Chiefs' defense after this performance. I also think let's give it some time, and maybe that was the outlier. Maybe Bolton develops into that Derek Johnson player, and you'd have to do it quicker than maybe you want to give him the benefit to do as a rookie. Or maybe Willie Gay gets back and does it. But, like, the days of last year where it's, hey, Chris Jones and Frank Clark and we're – all those guys were on the field, and those guys couldn't stop squat. I have actual fears about that rush defense. But if Gay and Bolton are ever yeah. on the field together, yeah. mm. there's at least a silver lining that maybe it gets better. I'm just not sure it is. And you can cast doubt on this team. You have to play defense to win in the NFL. Mm-hmm. We have to. The question is, like, with the Chiefs, what's new? Like, what's better? What do they add? I, I kind of say the same thing about the Packers and the NFC. Is it just the same deal? Like, we know that Kelsey's going to Kelsey and Tyreek and Mahomes is going to do that, That's great. Is that enough? Um, Baltimore runs the ball. Cleveland runs the ball. Buffalo is learning how to run the ball. I think the Raiders are going to run the ball when Jacobs gets back. So at what point is it like kind of this um, George Carl supersonics thing where like we're going to score 135 to your 131? That's not sustainable. And what's frustrating, if you're a Chiefs fan, these are 2019 problems. Yes. We fixed this. It's over. We talked for years as a show about, yeah, but that Chiefs D, that Chiefs D, they figured it out. And it's Tyron Matthew here, and it's Chris Jones. I don't see those guys. Two weeks in, they're one and one. They lost by one point in second on the road. They're going to be fine. Will they win three playoff games? They got to be a little tougher. I know that offense is good. You got to be a little tougher on defense. My God. Season is young. They've yeah. shown that they have some holes. Mm-hmm. You're saying, like, what's better? Well, what's better with the rest of the AFC? That's kind of where I go to it. So, like, who hasn't had their speed bumps early? And it's a very young season again, two weeks. They can win before they go to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. They might not go to the Super Bowl. Can you tell me that they're not the favorites? Yeah, They're think- definitely still the favorites in the AFC because I'm looking at the Bills. Can I actually, in good faith, say the Bills are better than the Chiefs? I cannot. Uh, yeah. The Ravens beat the Chiefs. Can I say that I would favor them over 
the Chiefs, I cannot do Can you explain this. why? Like, I'm with you. I, can't, I think I the Bills either. lost to the Steelers. And no, the I Ravens. That, what I'm saying, the, to me, it would be the Bills, right? The Bills are the, that's who's going to come punch them in the mouth. I don't know. Josh Allen took a huge leap, and he's regressed through two weeks of the season. Great win over a Dolphins team who lost their starting quarterback. Incredible and dominant win against the Steelers. They didn't really have it. It's just the truth. And not that they won't have it, but it's not that the Chiefs won't have it either. Again, super young season, so we'll see how it unfolds. But I think with Kansas City specifically, they brought in Coach Spags to be that, well, he's a blitz-happy guy, right? Mm -hmm. He knows how to create exotic blitzes, create mismatches, and attack, attack, attack. Against Baltimore, you can't do that. Like, you can't send blitzes through different holes. It's a bad matchup for them. Because Lamar's just going to run right around it, which is what he did half the time. That's a terrible matchup for them. And this team is really bad at, at rush defense. And Chris Jones was their nose tackle. Now he's playing defensive end. It's his second game ever at defensive end. They had him turned around in some of these plays because of all the misdirection and what Lamar does. So, to your point, Kyle, mm -hmm. when you brought up the Ravens, like they did just beat them, and if they're playing yeah. again tomorrow, I'm not sure the Chiefs just wake up and blow them out. I, think I, I have Raven, a hard time with it too because the it's Ravens not like might the Ravens be a play bad the game. It might be yeah. a bad matchup for the Chiefs. Maybe if Baltimore, it, like if Baltimore played the game of their lives and they finally beat the Chiefs, fine. They spotted them two early interceptions yeah. and a pick six, and they still won. So if they're a bad matchup, what about those maniacs in Cleveland? Like, I, I get it. It's Mahomes and it's Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. But, like, on a given Sunday, if you get punched in the mouth, I just wonder if they're tough enough defensively. I don't know. At GMFB, Andy Reid says they have a big one against those Chargers coming up. So we'll see how that goes. a huge goes. game. I know. In the AFC West, I know. I AFC love West it. is good now. Yeah. Yeah. They've had that, too, going on. That's here, too. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Back on Good Morning Football last hour, we posed a very simple question on Twitter. Who is the best running back in Dallas? Is it Zeke, the big name, the highly paid guy? Or Tony Pollard, you guys out there, 65% of you said it is, in fact, Tony Pollard. What do you make of that, Kyle? Not surprised. The people who watch our show love watching the games. And when you watch the Cowboys games, 
it's not a spicy take. Pollard comes on the field. The offense goes. I think he's the best back in Dallas right now. At GMFE with your thoughts, everybody. Let's get to some fun here at the breakfast table. Victor Cruz joining us not only today, but tomorrow and the day after, I do believe, if we don't scare him. And every time we have a guest here, we like to give them the floor for just a little story time, whatever you want to talk about. We love that. Okay, story time. Now, this is a story of, um, I'm sure people that know me or know the Giants are, are, are extreme fans. I love the lighting. Yeah, this is incredible. It's really <laughs> happening today. Um, and I'm just excited <laughs> to share this story, okay? So my rookie year, I have three touchdowns in the first game, an extraordinary preseason. I make the team. I get hurt after week five. I don't continue with the team. I'm an injured reserve for the rest of that year, right? But they still love me. I still had a tremendous um, kind of breakout season or breakout moment, if you will, my rookie season. I come back to second year. Not so much of a great preseason, right? I'm doing some, th- some good things here and there, but not the same opportunity. Things change from week to week or from year to year in this, uh, in this circumstance. Now, I make the team, and I think there was some controversy in the front office in terms of me making that team the second year. I heard someone kind of stuck their neck out for me. Thank you, whoever you are. Uh, I won't put you on front street here today. But I go, I go on to make the team. And the first day of practice, I'm kind of not even going, you know, not even thinking about it, just excited that I made the team. I'm sitting there, and um, Coach Coffin, before practice even starts, he goes, Victor, come see me in my office after practice. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it, I don't know what, like, this could be anything. Like, I don't know what this is. Anytime you go to Coach Coffin's office, this could be scary, right? So practice is happening. It's done. I go right up to his office. I didn't even shower. I just went right upstairs, and I sit in his chair, and he goes, um, he goes, you kind of had a lackluster preseason. We kept you on this team because we believe in you. But if you don't respond, if you don't play well, there's a list of guys here on our waiver wire that we're looking at picking up. So I look him in the face and I was like, are you telling me that you're going to cut me if I don't play well? And in so many words, he was like, yes. And they literally brought in Brandon Stokely that week to kind of figure out our slot receiver position. And so I went out that week and I knew the task. I knew the job. I went out and caught every ball. And then the following week is when we had some injuries at the receiver position. I get my first start week three against the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. I have three catches, 100-plus yards, and two touchdowns. And the rest is absolute history. Mm. But there was that moment, kids. I think that's the moment that you realize, okay, my job is up for grabs here. This moment could literally slip away. My dreams of being in the NFL could slip away if I don't do something about it. So it's a lesson to all you kids out there. When your backs are against the wall, it's totally up to you. You have the power to do something about it. And that's what I did. And hopefully all you guys can learn from that and not get cut and go on that waiver wire and put your best foot forward and just win and be yourself and play well and prove that you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it. I, nice. It's fix. a great story. And I, I think more of your backstory, because you know, I know your, your story mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. well. You were suspended at UMass. Mm-hmm. You almost lost football there. You almost lost football a bunch of times. To have Coffin look you in the eye and say, this could be it, and you're just not living up to the potential. Did you start going through memory lane of all the things you had to overcome to get where you were? 100%. I was like, here we go again. This is just another hurdle, another obstacle that I need to get over to get through to make it to my goal. And I just knew that coaches like Coach Coffin wouldn't be telling me that if he didn't believe in me in some, to some capacity. He would have just cut you. He would have just cut me. They don't have these conversations mm. with guys. You know what I mean? You're just gone. Like the Grim Reaper comes in. We need your playbook. You're gone. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he even brought me in his office after making the team, when I'm sitting back thinking like, oh, this is peachy, let's figure out week one and see what's going on. He's like, look, I know you made this team, but you could not be on this team tomorrow if you don't shape up, if you don't prove or show some of the things that you were showing a year ago this year. So that literally was a wake-up call for me. 
And uh, I, I remember that next day at practice, the very first catch I had was like a one-hand catch up the sideline. Mm-hmm. Just kind of innately. It wasn't like trying to do it mm-hmm. because I got this conversation. But it was just like a moment, and Coach was like, okay, that, that speech worked. <laughs> <laughs> like something worked. Something clicked. The sliding doors of it about where your career could go and work. If Coach Coughlin does not have that meeting with you in his office, are you at this table right now? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think so at all. I just think... I needed to hear that for whatever reason, whatever the journey, you know, however the journey laid out, that's how it laid out. But I needed to hear Coughlin say those words to me to kind of light a match uh, or light a fire up under me a little bit more than it already was. I understood I'm undrafted second year. This sure. is if these are big moments, but I just needed another little torch up under me to, to light it and to get me going. You still sure. have a good relationship with Coach? All the time. Tell he me. just called me a couple months ago about uh, talking about the Jay Fungala and different things he wants to do. And um, I've always been connected to Coach Coughlin, man. He's just, he's one of the best human beings. He's always called me. He's always, even as a player, when I was going through my ups and downs, he's always just been there to ask me the normal human being type questions. Yeah. Not like, hey, what are you doing on this play? Why aren't you playing? How's your knee? How are you feeling? It was more so like, how's your daughter? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you at home as a father? Because she was maybe, I don't know, four or five at the time, and I'm going through these injuries, you know, going through the ups and downs of being in the NFL, and he's worried about how I am at home. And, and that was that was the thing that kind of turned it for me, and Coach was like, okay, he's really a player's coach, although from the outside looking, it may not appear that way, yeah. but he really loves and adores his players. I mean, Eli could tell you that. I mean, at his retirement when Coach was leaving, Eli was in literal tears. He was a second father to him. Yeah. So, like, he had that that feeling, you know, to, to a lot of the players on the team. I'm getting goosebumps talking yeah, about Coach. Yeah, Good. that's awesome. That's and you'll be there this weekend for Eli, right? I'll be Tell there this me. weekend for Eli. There's so much going on. Saturday is a party for Eli. <laughs> We're doing a bunch of things. Um, I'm just trying not to get pranked. I feel like there's going to be some He's the prank guy. Yeah, it's going to be some things happening. i got to keep my daubers up. Um, but Sunday they're retiring Eli Manning's number. I'm excited just to relive the moments and be with him on the sideline. Um, be with him, period, just moving around, discussing mm-hmm. old memories. Justin Tuck might put me in the headlock or something. Who knows? <laughs> I'm excited for all of it. I'm excited for all of it. It's, it's really great. Cool. Um, yeah. We want it's the awesome. boat story later. The boat story will come later. Stay tuned, guys. Do you have the boots from the boat pictures? I Bring do. in for show You, and you tell. know what's funny, and I'll get into it more Friday, but the boots that Ardell is wearing, they're my boots. Ah. Uh, I gave him yeah. in the photo. I don't know if I should probably be claiming these boots, but um, <laughs> on the plane there, he's like, yo, I need something else. I, need, I was like, I have these boots. Is that <laughs> true? Boots. And then I wore, I think I had like another pair of sneakers with me. You're going to tell that story Friday, okay? That Correct. Was, on Friday, I'm going to need something in that picture that's not the boots. Okay. Like that too. <laughs> I'm talking about Odell, of course. Odell coming to set. We'd love to have, I don't think Odell's ever been on the show. We're out of here. See you tomorrow. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.